What up, what up, everybody? This is Double G for the Fight Game Podcast. We're going to kick off this show a little bit differently. You probably expect to hear my partner, John LaRocca. He's going to be coming up in a second here. But first, because the Wednesday Night War is upon us, I wanted to bring on my buddy Paul Ace Fontaine, who writes for uh, F4W and the Wrestling Observer. And the reason why he, I, I want him on is because he also writes about the TV ratings and TV ratings came out today for Wednesday night show, and we're going to talk about that. Paul, what's up? A lot. <laughs> yeah, I, so, I feel like I feel like I've been on a deserted island for the last twenty four hours. Okay, so you made we all made predictions on yeah. the AEW and the NXT number. We were both a little low on yeah. the AEW number, but you were higher than most on the NXT number. And then it came in today at about 890,000 viewers or so. AEW came in at about 1.4 million. What surprised you about the rating? And, you know, if you could make anything of it, what were some of uh, some of the things that, that you made from, from the numbers today? Well, I'll just start by saying the reason that I predicted NXT would be higher was just because I thought that with the loaded up show and with two weeks of promotion and with promoting it on Raw um, on Monday with a big audience that there would just be a spillover to Wednesday. Um, and then I, my original like prediction when they first announced the AEW Dynamite deal back in June was I literally said $1.5 million. And at that time, like everyone, oh, that's way too high. That's way too high. And then, and then they announced NXT, and then you know, just kind of felt like AEW maybe cooled off just a little bit. And so I kind of scaled it back to like 1.25 million, which was still higher than what a lot of people were saying. But I know a lot of people on on the the uh, message board that we frequent were were actually going higher. But you know, you figure those are hardcore fans and. You know, but yeah, like I was just really surprised that uh, that AEW beat NXT by as much as they did, and especially in some of the demos. Which, I mean, watching the shows, like it, the funny thing is, is the demo that AEW really seemed to appeal to. For me, the NXT product would appeal to that fan base more. Yep. And and the 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 AEW product would appeal to the fans that are watching NXT which is just completely backwards to me. But, like, because it's, like, it totally reminded me of Nitro watching AEW. Yeah. I mean, right down to Tony Schiavone saying, we're back, you know, like, and, and whereas NXT just looks like this hot new product with college people and, you know, little, almost like a club atmosphere. And uh, so it, it really, like, if you watched it all and had no idea, like, you would have thought, you would have thought NXT did better. But the ratings come in, and it's and it's AEW. So good for them, like really good for them. And I think hopefully AEW or NXT, um, you know, like and WWE step up their game and don't just try to blow it up because I think they got something really good with NXT, and they just need to develop what they have rather than blow it up. Now, what did you take from the fact that in the very coveted eighteen to forty nine demo, AEW doubled NXT? Uh, they did a .68 versus NXT's .32. That's crazy. And, and like, 
and and AEW was second on cable TV behind you know and basically like it's behind a wild card game so for all intents and purposes they're first like if there wasn't a wild card game and that's incredible for the first week and that's the demo that they're selling advertising on so i know that part of the aew deal is um you know the production's paid for but then they get a cut of the advertising dollars and if these ratings maintain or even get better this deal is going to be very valuable for aew like I don't know the details, but it's they're going to make a lot of money. So the, uh, the 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 demographic that actually really shined for AEW, and, and who knows if they can actually you know duplicate this, but it, which eighteen it, to forty nine. Well, that, but also teenagers, young teenagers, they uh, you know their their product, like you, like you said, it, it rather than it being a lapsed fan product, which some people thought, and and maybe some people still think it, it will end up being, the amount of teenagers that they had watching this show was way more than than what WWE could possibly even think of, except, you know, maybe SmackDown this, this weekend because it's such a special show. But we thought, you know, that who knows how many new fans there are out there, and AEW proved, at least for one night, that there is a young wrestling fan base out there who just does not watch WWE for whatever reason? Well, I wonder too if it couldn't, if it could be. You've got old lapsed fans, say like people in our demographic, that you know just gave up on WWE years ago, but like WCW and, and tuned in to watch this on TNT, and they've brought their kids with them. So maybe this, some of the teenagers are coming from that group, and those teenagers are going to come in, they're going to look at this, and they're going to see the guys like Sammy Guevara and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and just think, wow, this is really cool, and become new fans that way. And maybe they're following these guys on Twitch and, and, you know, and, and the v- different video game things that I have no idea about any of that, but these people are right into that. Maxwell J- Jacob Friedman and... and uh, uh, Cutler, you know the stuff that they're doing on on social media. That you know we have no, there's completely out of my stratosphere, but, right? But they're bringing in these fans, and uh, you know so they they seem to be aiming at a completely different audience than what WWE is aiming at. So I think it's possible for both of these shows to succeed. Um, but again, I just find it really ironic that the actual product that they're presenting. Um, to me, again, the NXT product would, looks like it would appeal more to teenagers or young people, young adults, anyways. And and the and the uh, AEW product looks like it's aimed at us. So, so j- just to give you some numbers, and I'm taking these directly from the recently released uh, edition of of uh, the Wrestling Observer, the latest edition. Yeah, the uh, so, so in look, he says, in looking at teenagers, boys saw AEW with head-to-head competition from a WWE product, and only the first episode, Teenage Boys beat Raw by 37.5%, beat SmackDown by 42.1%, and NXT by 239%. So they they found, you know, what you're just talking about, whatever this audience is, whoever they are. Um, I can only tell you, you know, I have two kids. Uh, one is actually 20 and the other is, uh, is 18. They they have they they don't really know what AEW is, but also you know they uh the the gaming aspect of where they are in their gaming lives uh I'm I'm sure they're they probably are you know they're the 
they're they're playing some of those you know League of Legends and all that stuff. But um, I don't know how you know I, it would be interesting. Like if you're AEW, how do you reach out to that? demo even more through the gaming stuff i mean youtube is one thing but you know how do you how do you can you create kenny omega avatars for, for this stuff that would actually be pretty interesting so before i let you go yeah i want you to tell me what you think about week two head to head because nxt unopposed week two did have a a, a, a you know a, a significant i guess significant drop but now uh both shows are going to be head-to-head for for the second week in a row. And I think generally you would expect both shows to drop at least a little bit. But, um, you know, do you expect it to drop a lot, a little bit? Like, what are you thinking for coming into week two? Well, I I think that, uh, you know, they they also won't have – I don't – I haven't looked at the baseball schedule, but I think that that's a factor too. If there's a big game going up against it, that'll have a little bit of a factor. But I feel like NXT has gone down now two straight weeks and next week isn't going to be as loaded as this week. Um, Logic would say that the NXT is going to be down again. Um, Probably not too much, maybe like eight to eight fifty, something in that range. And AEW, like, I mean, it would be fantastic if they were able to maintain this rating, but I think even if they drop, say, 10%, like, down to, like, 1.2, 1.25, like, that would still be, like, really good. Um, and I didn't really get the sense that anything really left people, like, saying, oh, I just got to watch next week. You know, I can't wait till next week. Unless you just really like that style of wrestling and, and you know, and you're and you, you just can't wait for next week, you know, and you're going to tune right. in again. But I don't think they're going to have the promotion that they had this week. Um you know, but but again, you never know. Word of mouth and and the fact that it's looked at the hot new thing. I think, like Greg said, all bets are off right now with with AEW. Like just everything that they've done has just shocked people. I mean, when this originally was announced, I remember Dave was saying five hundred thousand viewers, which is <laughs> yeah, right. And I literally texted him, uh, Dave, like on the weekend. And said, "Oh, I think it's going to do 1.25." And he said, "That would be an amazing number for them." Yep, and yep. beat that. <laughs> yeah, they. I mean, they created essentially what they created, and and who, like sometimes success at, at this level can be a little disheartening because now you've raised the bar for yourself. Because if they did come in at let's say five or six, and then they gradually upticked yeah. to one. That shows growth, but if they start at 1.4 and they gradually downtick to one, then it looks like they're they're losing. You know, fans are losing interest. So it'll be interesting to see. And and I, you know, I think um, a lot of fans are, are really, you know, the fans who are sick of WWE are really pumping their fists and going like, see, you know, this is they're beating the man and this and that. And I, I totally get that because it's it's kind of fun to to root for the underdog. But I but I do think you know we got to wait and and see. And you know, this is a, a really good start. You know, probably better than than anybody could have ever thought. Uh, and you know, but WWE as they always do, they fight tooth and nail uh for for this kind of stuff and they've been doing it forever and and how'd you like the uh the passive aggressive uh congratulations from wwe today to AEW? well honestly like i mean you can call it that and i mean clearly that's kind of what it was but i also think that it's it was an acknowledgement of of the fact that they put on a good show and they got some success and it was very much like okay 
uh, yeah, you know, good job, guys, but we're still here, and we, you're in for a fight. And, and it wasn't, like, just ignoring it, which, which I think is a positive step. But it's also a completely different tone than uh, the previous war. And even Cody on his media call um, uh, the day before Dynamite was just very gracious towards WWE. He was saying, I wish NXT all the success. That's a locker room full of my friends. My dad helped build that brand. Um, I just feel like it's it's really cool. And the best thing about all of this, like, you know, everyone's talking about wrestling and that, but the the actual TV that both companies put on on Wednesday night, like, honestly, there was four hours of some of the best television wrestling that I've seen in, uh, uh, like, 20 years or mm-hmm. longer, you know, maybe ever. Like, that, I mean, really, like, that sounds like hyperbole, but... Those were fantastic television shows, both yeah, of them. Yeah. And if that can keep up, I mean, like like the statement from WWE says, the real winners of the war are the fans. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Yeah. Uh, I also don't. I also don't think. Uh, I think it was sort of a concession because um, yeah. they tried to sabotage them at every turn, and uh, and they got beat to the punch. It was kind of like more of like a tip of the hat, but they're just, they're I, they're they're not they're not giving up. They're they're gonna come back fighting like crazy. I'm just waiting for the follow-up where they tell us that 500,000 people or 600,000 people watched on the network, so really we beat <laughs> That would be awesome. All right, so um, other than your writings uh, about MMA and ratings uh, on the Wrestling Observer website, where, where else can people find you? You know what? Right now, pretty much just there. I mean, I do have my website, MMADraws.com, but I've it's almost like a parking ground for media releases at this point. I haven't put too much original content up there lately. Um, I hope to get back into that, but I'm a little behind on my uh, my research that I do for a lot of the rating stuff, so I haven't been doing like predictions on the MMA uh, side of things. But with uh, you know AEW and SmackDown moving to Fox and all that, I, I my duties at the Observer have picked up a little bit, so you'll see a little bit more of my stuff on the Observer site going forward, I think. And uh, P- Paul Ace Fontaine on Paul Twitter? Ace Fontaine on Twitter and Paul Fontaine on Facebook and Instagram, which I post about two times a year. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I'm on Twitter a lot, so yeah, at Paul Ace Fontaine and uh, Facebook too. All right, man. Yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, I, I hope to uh, bring you back, uh, maybe not every week, but just sort of, you know, frequently enough as we talk about the story of, of this, because we are covering, you know, before and during the Monday Night War, we were just viewers, but now we're kind of, you know, not perfect, I, I guess, sort of professionally covering this stuff, because our voices are out there. And you know, you're you're writing and, and stuff. Yeah. So it's kind of fun. Technically, yeah, I guess we're covering it, which is kind of cool. All right, man. Thanks again for joining, and uh, we'll check you soon. All right, John is joining us now. I want to thank Paul again for joining us to talk about the ratings, but now we're going to talk about the shows. The Wednesday Night War is upon us, and John, how did it feel watching four hours of wrestling on a Wednesday night? A little tiring at the end, but I've powered through when i watched uh, all four hours of wrestling i didn't really fast forward that much because i did watch the uh the during the commercial break the split screen and went but i would fast forward once it got off split screen i was like hitting that fast forward button for, but uh, there wasn't many opportunities to do that there's a lot of split screen on both shows we're gonna talk about that split screen and the usage of it on both shows i think they i think they both thought they were sort of 
uh, ahead of the curve with the commercials, and I just found it to be like worse. But um, okay, so a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, as you heard from Paul, uh, AEW wins the Battle of the Rating. Uh, total viewership 1.4 million for AEW's Dynamite and for NXT uh, 891,000, I believe, was was the number. So we, we're kind of going backwards a little bit here, but AEW wins the night. Um, it's a small sample size. It's one night. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Paul and I were talking about, the most interesting thing about the demographic numbers are that the coveted... 18 to 49 demographic AEW smoked NXT in and also the teenagers, which kind of shows you that um, this is not only a lapsed audience that they're drawing from, uh, which I think a lot of people thought. And based on that show, like it was a little bit of nostalgia because it kind of reminded you of uh, Monday Nitro. But uh, there's a, there's there's an opportunity, at least for uh, the AEW, and I'm sure it's out there for WWE, too to uh, engage a a teenage demographic. So that being said, uh, let's talk about these shows. And and I actually have, I kind of wrote down stuff that I wanted to talk about. I don't think we need to go match by match, though you can definitely bring up things that you like or or didn't like on on each show. But I I guess I kind of want to start with um, just the way that... Each company used what I would call their their superstars. Um, NXT opened the show with their title match. They wanted to start hot. Start hot. They knew, everyone knew, that AEW was going to start with Cody and Sammy. And in the end, they, they ended with the tag title match. And for AEW, they ended with their main event, which they have been promoting for a little while now. So from the... Just the um, kind of the the matchmaking and the match ordering, something that you are very knowledgeable about. Like, what what did you see as far as the strategies for both companies and how they wanted their shows to flow? Well, I think you know WWE had a little edge when it came to like knowing AEW's card. Right, we knew that right away. They AEW announced that they're going to open with Cody and Sammy Guevara. And, you know, we knew about the six-man tag as the main event. So they wanted, like I said, start hot. So they put the uh, championship match between Adam Cole and Matt Riddle in the beginning. And that was the main of when they said commercial-free. That was like 30 minutes. They, they said it right away. It was going to be 30 minutes, no commercials. So you're going to get the whole world title match or NXT title match without a break. And, of course, that match, you know, delivered big time. And that was their strategy to kind of get – people jump you know jump on board them and stay with them and you know they they played a lot of those tricks and you know it's just it's just you know i mean normally yeah i would like i always like to put the world title match on last but this is a whole different animal of course you know being trying to get up get the viewers ahead of the other 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 show and and likewise aew was a little bit more conventional in in the building of the show saving the main event for last Knowing that, I think we all sort of knew that they were going to try to do a surprise. And so at least uh, if you understand wrestling, <laughs> uh, you know, there's was, there was probably going to be something happening at the end. And on both shows, actually, there were surprises. Mm-hmm. But what did you think of NXT's 
countering of the overrun, which was a very sort of smart and savvy thing to do in the late 90s. Um, but WWE didn't doesn't need to do it today because they don't have competition. But the first chance they have competition, you NXT gets USA to 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 go for the overrun, and TNT goes off right right on time. Yeah, um, same thing happened in the Monday Night Wars. Right, Nitro did the same thing. Stay with us. We're not going on the air. We're sticking right with it. And it's just an old trick. And and NXT, you know, at their disposal had was able to play all the tricks and do their best to get the audience. And we talked about it when it came to the rating. We talked about it last week that we both kind of predicted that AEW would definitely win the first week because of the newness and the excitement of the what they're going to bring. So I wasn't surprised by the rating as much. Um, of course, you and I have talked about in the past as well, like we're more concerned about week four through eight, you know, so that's going to be very interesting. So, you know, I, you know there, I wasn't surprised by the tricks that, that WF, that WWE did because... Um, you know, that's what they do. They they try to do their, they're smart. They're smart people. So I was not shocked by the picture in picture. I wasn't shocked by the picture in picture from both companies. Um, also wasn't shocked by, like I said, Adam Cole, Riddle opening up their main event, opening up the show. And also wasn't shocked by the overrun. All this stuff they kept announcing was happening, like leading up to the show. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. I figured that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about the commercials because, uh, AE, or, I'm sorry, NXT last week said that there were going to be limited commercials. I'm not sure if they were limited um, or not, but there were segments of the show which seemed to go long and not have commercials, but then there were segments of the show which seemed to have a lot of commercials. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I have the Hulu TV gimmick, which doesn't allow me to fast forward even on the DVR cloud uh, all the time, I think there's... Sometimes it lets me and sometimes it doesn't. I haven't found the rhythm yet. But so when I'm watching NXT, um, I can't fast forward through any of the commercials. So I kind of got to sit through the whole thing. But even when they were doing the picture in picture, it just seemed like a whole lot of nothing. Now, I will say on the AEW show, there were stuff going on in the picture in picture where I was like, either show me or don't show me, guys. Like, Chris Jericho's beating the crap out of Cody Rhodes right now, and I can't hear any of it. So I didn't think it worked on either show, and I would just rather them use normal commercial commercial breaks. It's like, why, why tease me as a viewer? Yeah, I'm with you on the uh, just give us normal commercial breaks. Um, I thought NXT used it a little better because they, they did typical stuff. They didn't do anything extra, you know crazy. There wasn't a big a spot. That's going to be crucial to the finish. It was, you know, they slowed it down a little bit. Someone grabbed a hold. There was some stalling on the outside. Like, they use the commercial break timely well because they're produced better than AEW right now. There's a lot of inexperience on AEW on that side. And when, and I couldn't believe my mind. I was going crazy when Jericho is beating down Cody Rhodes and they go to the split screen mm-hmm. with no commentary. It's just, it's just, a, it's like I'm watching someone's CTV <laughs> footage, you know, like there's, there's like almost like no, almost like no context to what I'm watching. And like, there's no Ross to really, you know, this would be prime Ross stuff right here. And Shivani as well, um, to be calling this, this, this beat down. And it's like, has zero effect on anything it just it just didn't have any impact and i was just i don't understand what happened there i don't know if they were testing something like it you know but 
I just think that I mean, did whether it was a timing off. I felt like a lot. I think AEW had a lot more production issues than NXT. NXT they, they just ran like they do, right? Mm-hmm. Well oiled machine. They've been doing this forever. Um, everything was smooth on that. You know, production wise, AEW made a lot of mistakes. We can talk about that later. But this was like a mistake number one. I thought this this should never have been allowed to be done. During the split screen, is that was just a, a poor move on their part. Well, I I mean, let's talk about them. What what did you think were some of the errors in in them doing this first show? Well, I'll talk about the positive first. The positive first, it was in a big building. It looked like a a major event. I loved the entrance way. I really that's like one of my favorite entrance ways I've seen in wrestling in a long time. I like how the heels and bay faces come out of different uh, sides of the entrance. I love that. Um, I enjoyed the screen. Uh, I enjoy the lighting. I'm a big fan of lighting the crowd. Um, the old school me- method of is, you know, like a Bill Watts or Eddie Graham, like Dusty Rhodes as well, which is funny because Cody, you know, Dusty's son, but they would dim the lights when the match started, right? They they want you to be at a movie theater, like you're watching the movie, you know, dim the lights, the movie's going to go on. And this will allow people to kind of like let themselves go and cheer and be crazy without like having the lights all on them and it's just be more open and be, you know, you know, just be more vocal and get out of their shell more. And, but the, you know, put the focus on the competitors in the ring. I think when it comes to NXT, I wish they would just keep that crowd lighted the whole time. I mean, it's a full crowd, you know, it's a smaller building obviously, but like when they have their entrances and stuff, it looks good. Like I like when they come out and then you see the sea of people behind them, you know, or the crowd behind them. Sea is probably the wrong thing to say, but you know, like you see the crowd behind the competitors. I think it looks good, but when they dim the lights, I think if you're an average Joe fan, a casual fan, I should say, who like, you know, tunes into NXT and you just see like this dimly lit, you know, you see good wrestling, but like, you know, then you flip to AEW. I think that's where AEW has a good advantage because it looks quote unquote more major league that way, right? Uh, the production errors I saw was definitely um, they had a lot of issues going to breaks and coming out of breaks, uh, mistimed, meaning Jim Ross would throw it to a commercial break and there'd be like 20 seconds of just like just focusing on the ring and nothing. You know, no one saying anything. Um, same thing coming back. Um, I saw that. Um, s- stuff like that was a lot of mistimed commercial break stuff. Like you just 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 going to commercial break. Like it's doing stuff within the commercial break. Like like. AEW's matches, they would show like like all this action in Rio and Nyla Rose match. Like that stuff during the commercial break was some of the best stuff in that match, you know, because that match wasn't going well, you know, in the beginning. So I thought that was, uh, I think they should definitely, when they go to commercial breaks, they need to really tighten up like what to do, what not to do, kind of tone it down a little bit. And then when you come out of a commercial break, then you start picking up again. Well, we talked about this last week, and I watched half of Raw specifically to eyeball what happens in the match before the commercial break. And I'm still of the opinion that you literally don't have to watch that part of the match and can fast forward until they come back from commercial, and that's your match. I'm still of that opinion, but it's Mm -hmm. because it's because of what you said last week, which is 
the match layout is generally the same, you know, in, in, in wrestling, you kind of set this thing up when you go to commercial, you want to come back and then, you know, heat and then everything, you know, that's sort of that, that, that's a, that's a pattern. And so that, that's why, you know, I think the, the, before the commercial break is really not truly important to the, to the actual match, because it is to set you up for what is coming, but we all know that it's generally sort of the same pattern. So here, what, and cause, cause what you said is really interesting because both companies had different strategies for this. When NXT went to commercial and they did the picture-in-picture, picture, nothing was really happening in the match. In AEW, lots of stuff was happening in the match. So it's sort of like, you know, it, 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 it's it's a difference, but it, it ends up being the same thing, which is you're sort of bored or disappointed and it's not a good thing which is why i think the commercials are they should just go back to them because if you're going to tell me that like you said nyla rose and rio are actually going to have stuff going on during the commercial break and i can't see it or cody is going to take a power bomb onto two chairs and Mm -hmm. you know i can see it but i can't hear it and i can't hear jr talk about the carnage going on outside of the ring then it, it it's really it really takes away from from the power of that that moment. But then on the flip side, I don't want to watch what's going on in the NXT ring because it's nothing. And so just show me the commercial instead if you're going to show me a dead match. So I, I it's like both ways are not good. And I and I wonder if they if both companies think that it's a positive to to keep the viewer. And maybe the stats show that. You know, not going to commercial will keep them versus going to commercial. That 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 may very well be the reason that you do it. But from a viewing perspective, I think both of them were just were just not not working. Now, sort of related, and this is something that um, I was interested in, which is when we heard the matches for NXT, we thought, "Wow, this is sort of like a mini takeover." And when I was watching this show. My thought process was, I never want to watch these matches that are promoted and that I know are really good in this way ever again. And it and like it wasn't like like you said the main event that you know they they showed the whole match so so that was that was fine. Um, and and I, I mean they 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 did go to picture in picture once, didn't they? In the in the in the opener. I'm trying to I'm trying to remember. I felt like they showed that whole match, and then once they went the first picture in picture was Eo and uh, Mia Yim. Okay, because in the Shayna match, I was like, I was I, I was just like I, I want to see this match without interruption because it looks like a good match, but I can't because it's on TV, and thus don't put this match on TV for me because now you have me bothered that I can't watch the whole match. And that's kind of what I felt throughout the NXT show, which is the stuff that I'm missing is something that I would rather watch on the WWE network. So what, so, and similarly with AEW, like the first match with, 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 uh, with Cody and Sammy Guevara, um, I don't think they went to picture in picture on that, but, um, they sort of allowed it to be, you know, a pay-per-view match in a sense. But in other instances, it was like, I would rather see segments of TV or shorter matches 
then have these full matches get interrupted by commercials. I think AEW did a little bit of a better job with that than NXT did. But similarly, like it just made me go, man, I feel really spoiled because I wish this show was on the WWE Network because I would have really enjoyed it much more than I did, knowing that you know, that there were going to be commercials anyways, but that was what I felt coming off of the NXT show was, God, I wish there was no commercials on this show. I would have loved it so much more. Yeah, it's funny because I was, I was opposite with you with AEW because I was getting so frustrated. One, of course, the, the Jericho beatdown was during the during the split screen. Um, during Pac and, or Pac and Paige, um, it was uh, Pac on top with heat on page but what he's doing was like really good stuff like he's being deliberate and methodical and kicking the crap out of page looked like he's getting some brutal like i wanted to hear the crowd reaction to that stuff i wanted to he- i want to hear shivani and ross sell that stuff you know and it's like it just there's it's nothing it's just you know deadness and i'm mm-hmm. watching the batwoman commercial you know mm-hmm. and then um and then same thing with like rio and nana rose which i didn't think was a great match but all of a sudden like during that commercial break they start doing some cool stuff and seemed like to be clicking really well there and I was getting frustrated with, with that. So, I mean, I don't know like what's better. I mean, I, I would rather see the good stuff and hear the play-by-play play with it to kind of sell me more, bring me more into the match. Or do you have the opposite where you kind of slow things down and, you know, and they, not like NXT slowed everything down. They all grabbed a hold between for the commercial breaks. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was just, it was, they definitely understood, like, you know, they definitely produced it better to where, like, they're not going to, give the people or cheat the people on something big and major you know they're gonna keep the action simple and then when they come out of of, at a commercial break that's when you turn on and then what i did notice too like when they would come out the commercial breaks it was like for example i think nyla rose had the some kind of hold on rio i want to say the stf or something like that and they literally came out of commercial break and she just let go and got up like the referee (laughs) told her okay we're at a commercial break (laughs) and she just got up and i'm just like banging my head like come on man work out of that shit yeah so i guess i guess the the better way to explain it at least what i was trying to say is i don't think it's a good idea to do these pay-per-view quality shows for tv because you just end up shortchanging the matches and you know what i meant with the nxt stuff is like there were no AEW matches where more than half of the match was in commercial. And I think the Shayna match, like more like three quarters of the match was during commercial. Um, and so I like I, I was really into the this dynamic of this bully Shayna, this ass kicker against this little, you know, little engine that could mm-hmm. in, in Candace and I wanted to hear the story and I wanted to 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 hear the announcers and I wanted to hear the crowd and it was just like most of the match I couldn't do that and, and so that's what I meant and no you but you're absolutely right on the AW stuff as far as you know what they were doing in in between that time yeah, and, and and they'll get better at that stuff too oh definitely this is all like a learning curve for everyone you know AEW and NXT you know they're gonna find what works for them and vice versa and especially AEW right this is like their first show yeah you know, like I said like earlier on NXT runs like a well old machine and NXT AEW is still figuring out a lot of stuff so um there was a lot of match stuff I really had issues with like I thought they kind of you know 
didn't make sense or kind of head scratching. I mean, I'm you know. Oh me. my god, the, D- the DQ stuff. Oh well, god. Well, beyond that, let's let me start from the beginning. Like Cody Rhodes and Sammy Guevara, which I thought was an okay match. A lot of people were like really overrating that match. The reason why I say okay is because why in the heck are you doing a referee distraction and a dive out where you hit a woman who barely sells it? You know, then she comes back and interferes. It's like, you know, like, I'd rather see them just go have a good match. And, you know, you're trying to present this sports presentation and we're, you know, it's all going to be about the match quality. And they just basically did, like, you know, you know, standard Americanized wrestling stuff. It just didn't make sense. Like, that spot where Cody eventually dies and hits Brandy should be used on the pay-per-view. A big moment. Like, in the Jericho match. Like, at the pay-per-view. Like, something happens, like, big in that match. Like, that. And then, like, she's fine. Like, you know, she's okay to hit him with the shoe later. Like, I think I think what they should have done, this is what I would have done. Because Sammy Goar comes out later and joins, I guess he's part of Jericho's heels group or something. I mean, they didn't really make a, I, I assume he's joining with Jer- Jericho at the end. Like, I think what should have happened, they just had a nice, clean wrestling match. Guevara puts his effort in. He gets over for hanging with Cody. Cody beats a one, two, three in the middle. Cody has his promo. Before the promo, Sammy Guevara comes and confronts him. They do shake hands, right? They do shake hands. Nothing happens. Jericho doesn't come out. Cody cuts a promo of Raw Raw. AEW promo on night on on TNT, and then he also cuts a promo about Chris Jericho going for that championship. Now, cut to the main event during the angle after the beatdown on the Young Bucks. Out comes Cody and Sammy Guevara. Cody's out in front of Sammy Guevara first. Sammy Guevara's following him. They get Cody gets in the ring. Boom, boom. Guevara, bam, knocks him from behind. Now it's a beatdown. Now it like all comes together, you know. I just thought like the whole beatdown from Jericho on Cody in the beginning literally meant nothing, right? Like Cody's fine at the end of the night. Like he's like he's running out to make a save. Like he just got power bombed through chairs and shit and tables or whatever the hell. It's like, I, did you think they wasted that beatdown? Like to me, I was like, okay, I'm, I was fine with it. But then like, other than being upset that I was during the split screen. But then it happens, like, what happens later later that night kind of just kind of, like, kind of voids it for me, you know? So I get get what you're saying. And in the storytelling and booking style that, you know, a lot of stuff that we grew up on and that you like, I I think you're you're definitely right on. But what I – the story that I think they were trying to tell was they were trying to tease that Sammy – was going to turn heel by the end of the show. And so really? you, ha- you so you have him do a heel move, which is pull Brandy in front of Cody on the dive. That's a heel move. That's a chicken shit move, right? And then she gets her frustration out on the comeback of hitting him with the shoe and then the the heel pays, you know, his 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 debt. And I think the, the I think they could have shot this better, but when Sammy comes out to inter- interrupt Cody, what he's really doing is he's distracting Cody so that he could get jumped from behind. And so that right there, because then he peels out of the ring, that shows you that he's also a heel in that moment. 
And so when he comes out at the end, then the kick in the nuts, then you're like, like, like he's fully bad guy there. But I think those two things were teases into what they were doing at the end. I don't know that the announcers were perfect on it, and I don't know that it was shot correctly. But by the end of that show, I was like, oh, that's why Sammy did that. Oh, that's why Sammy did that, because now he's with these guys. So I'm not saying that they did that perfectly, but I think that's the story they were trying to tell with that moment. And that's why... You know, that's why they, they, they were trying to show two different things that we need to establish that this guy's really like a little prickish, you know, heel. I mean, I got that from like you know, the opening bell, though, that he was a heel and a prick. And then for sure, when he pulls Brandy out, like he's OK, that, that's not a tease. That's a fucking heel. You know what I mean? So, I, I mean, I just thought it was like, like I said, I, I thought it was pr- poorly executed and I think, yeah, I just I think they kind of just I, I think they should have kept it. Kind of simple. I know they wanted to do something hot to kind of like, obviously, you know, they don't know what the rating is yet. You know, they want to do something that's going to capture fans. But like, knowing what they did later after and how, you know, looking back, it's like, man, you just wasted that beatdown. Like, you got to do, we had two beatdowns of Cody Rhodes. Like, you only need one beatdown. No, yeah. I think, I think this probably is, it was a waste. So, you know, the other thing about, you know, saving stuff for the pay per view. This is going to be a, a, an issue that they have, right? Because you're serving two masters. You have to serve your TV audience, and this this is playing into their uh, how they make money, which is they get a certain amount of money for the production costs, and they produce their show, and then they get a piece of the ad revenue. So the better ratings they do, the more money they make, but at the same time, they also have pay-per-view as a revenue source. So this is going to be something that, you know, we'll probably be watching, which is how much of it is going for the ratings and how much of it is setting up for the pay-per-view. Because like you said, the 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 that you know, that thing where where Cody could have just, you know, they they could have saved a lot of this stuff for, for the lead up to the pay per view or in the actual pay per view match with Jericho. They you know they do this dive out and Jericho plays the the heel, but I that this is going to be something that they have to watch. NXT doesn't have to worry about this, right? Like they have their takeovers and they don't really have to worry about selling pay-per-views. They just have to worry about filling up the arena and putting on a good show. And you know that they will. That they, they are so good at that. But for NX, but for AEW, it's a little bit different. You know, the, this money is not fully guaranteed like WWE's money for SmackDown and Raw, and which is part of the reason why SmackDown and Raw are sort of slow and very few surprises, and you don't get a lot of pay-per-view quality stuff because they don't need to do it. They are just trying to tell the stories that they want to tell before leading up to these big shows. And so there's no impetus to do that. But for AEW, there is. And so that's also a thing that they're going to have to figure out separating TV from pay-per-view and which gets as much attention or maybe they get equal attention or, you know, maybe they do have to put together like a Clash of the Champions style card, you know, in between pay-per-views just to really try to build that rating. Like they're going to have so many, you know, so many things that they're going to try to figure out, but that's, that's definitely going to be one of them. Yeah. This is my mind that, that, I mean, diving out, landing on a woman 
where and it just didn't have any effect on her like she and like i almost felt like cody was almost smiling when it happened it just it was just it was just i think a spot like that you just have to save it for a, a bigger match not for cody rose and sammy guevara you know uh, the veteran versus the young gun i think you save it for jericho jericho needs to be the one that pulls brandy in front of cody and that's because he's a the biggest asshole in the mall in that promotion. But but theoretically, if you're thinking like them, this is the biggest match in company history. It's a big match, but doesn't mean that doesn't need that bump. Does not need that bump at all. Does not need it. And and the, what we can look at, and so those of you who are observer subscribers, Dave uh, Meltzer put out his uh, his observer today, and he has a crazy breakdown of the viewership. So. You know, AEW opens at 1.6 million viewers, and NXT opens at 913,000. So Riddle and Cole close the gap from um, from nine nine thirteen. It goes up to nine uh, nine hundred eighty one thousand, and Cody and Sammy go down to one point five five one. So. You know, NXT during this time, during this match, they pulled about 65,000 viewers and AEW lost about 60,000 viewers. So if you just want to look at the beginning of the show, one gained viewership and one lost viewership over the match. And some of it, some of it might be what, what we were saying about, you know, with just the strategy of, uh, of how they were dealing with commercials. So we know that... Um, we know that the the sort of the opens for both shows, you know, pretty much worked. One got a, a higher rating, but one also get, gained audience. What did you think about after the first match and what they went to? Because my worry for AEW and NXT really is the second you go from hot to whatever is next, there is a major risk of people changing the channel because AEW went to a squash match with Brandon Cutler and oh. MJF. And that was not good at all. Like MGF cut a cut a cool promo, but Brandon Cutler was really bad in this match, and it was just sort of nothing. Yeah, this was a, a good bad in a way. Like MGF, like he his charisma, he's a future star. He saved it. Like if it wasn't for him, anyone else in this match, it, this would have probably died big time. But MGF has just you know he has that charisma, comes out that promo, um, that swagger. But yeah, Cutler was like, I know you want to throw your friend a bone or something, but like, and you're, you know, but maybe not week one. And he really didn't do much. He did like a couple moves, but honestly, I think he did too much, honestly. I think it should have been a total squash with no offense. Um, and, you know, thank God MGS saved that moment where he slipped off the top rope, you know, and pulled an audible and pulled that referee who was able to to get the finish with the arm bar or the Fujiwara arm bar. But uh, and, and why is this guy in a squash doing a dive out? And by the way, we saw an IEW had three topes and multiple dive outs beyond. But I'm just saying topes specifically. Cody did one. Brandon Cutler did one. And who else did one? Rio, I think. Or, 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 or no, no, Paige did one. So, yeah, any, like from Guevara to Pac, or Pac and Paige, like... AEW was lucky that a lot of people didn't tune out because they didn't really give them that much. I mean, there was the the Cutler MGF match, there was 
horrible segment with Jay and Silent Bob that was just didn't work. Was, <laughs> I, I, I know I'm in the minority, but I just got a kick out of seeing those two guys on television because no. I'm, I'm a fan of them. But as a wrestling segment on a, on a wrestling TV show, it was so dumb. Oh, but just, God, seeing, just, just seeing smiling Kevin Smith and, and Jason Mewes trying to figure out like, okay, like what are we supposed to do here? I'm not exactly sure, but Smith's I think. Like overacting, <laughs> being super excited. At least he stayed for the whole show. The other guy bailed. Uh, I mean, it's like, I mean, I, early on, later on, I saw they, they, he wasn't even there. Um, but yeah, that that segment was just horrible. Like outcomes and Helico and Jack Evans, you barely see who they are. They're just jumping around like idiots. And Jay and Simon Paul don't know how to sell it. And then who runs them off? The kid from Webster and the guy that <laughs> looks cool. Like, like, and it was like the private party comes out and they don't do. They are kind of laughing and goofy, and it's like. What just happened here? Like, this is a total waste of time. I understand what it's for, obviously, is promote the movie that Jericho's in, that, you know, this is a co-promoting thing. That's great. But then, I think after this, is this, like, waste of time SCU vignette, right? I mean, it kind of gets their personality over of just being clowns, I guess. I guess their, their gimmick is just being goofy guys. But then, my head almost... Garrett, they're... I probably wouldn't be alive after this. Like, <laughs> by brain matter would have been against the wall like it almost happened like they cut to an interview with Tony Giovanni with SCU I know it's like, it like a jump cut in uh, in like a, a video package like you go from guys in, in, in a different place and then you cut live and they're now all of a sudden just warped into your TV in, could, the, in the arena I could not believe what I saw and I'm watching this and the interview's not the best either right but I I I liked what it was for. I liked that you know Lucha Brothers came out and they kind of built something up to like have a feature match on TV probably next week or something. And I get that. But then I was thinking like, okay, screw Private Party, screw Angelico and and uh, and Jack Evans. Why don't you have Jan and Bob do the interview? Outcomes SCU for their interview, and then the Lucha Bros come out and interrupt them. And they get a little squabble inside the ring or close to the ring. Like, the other stuff was nonsense. Like, but they'll, they'll learn and they'll, they won't book this nonsense, hopefully, again. Jesus. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the the hard part for them was trying to figure out how to introduce more people. And the interesting thing is. Out of all the people to not introduce, you don't introduce Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. They're like the most overact yeah. in the entire company as far as a, the, a team is concerned. So I think they're trying to sort of figure out how many how many ways can we introduce people without doing like long video packages. So how can we be creative to do that? You know, we'll just bring guys out so that people can see them for the first time and maybe they get interested in them, which is the exact opposite of what NXT is doing because NXT figures that their audience already knows the show and knows the characters so they don't have to reintroduce anybody. And again, it's two different strategies uh, and both probably not working fantastically well. Um, But so, go ahead. Well, I thought, thought, you know, instead of Private Party coming out and just doing nothing like why don't you throw a little 30 second profile on them like a little video highlight video, like up the upcoming teams in your tag team tournament like see and i think their worry is is we're gonna lose viewers if we do that a little 30 second promo like like a little 30 second little boom 
You know, like I, I don't think they'll be. I don't think they'll be bad if you if you place it right. You know. Well, well, when when Brandon Cutler came out, oh, I, no. I, 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 t- I turned to Dave and I go, "How many people just switched the channel?" Because this bald, skinny guy <laughs> who no one knows comes down the ringside, and and look, this is this is wrestling, right? This is historically you have squash matches in wrestling, but the pro the 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 product is different today, and the audience expectation is a little bit different. So I I thought, wow, you know, this is gonna this is gonna be a, a big turnoff now. When you when you talk about losing viewers, that was the the segment that lost the second most viewers um, of the night for AEW. The the first the the segment that lost the most viewers for AEW was actually Adam Page and Pack. Like for whatever for whatever reason, I don't know why that is actually the one, but they lost one hundred twenty five thousand viewers for for that match during that quarter. What was go- NXT going up against? What would they have? Gar- Gargano and Shane Thorne, oh. but that also lost viewers. That that lost fifty thousand. So likewise for NXT, even doing what was essentially a competitive match, but also did not work. And and you know, I, I do wonder when you put acts that aren't over with the audience, how that is going to help. Now, how do you get those acts over? Well, you got to show them on TV, and and so they they both have this uh, this interesting proposition, which is how do we make sure that people don't change the channel? And that's really hard because you know they're competing. So I, I think we're going to see a lot of. Hopefully, they will study sort of the patterns of this stuff. And, uh, and and figure out what they need to do, but you can. I mean, you also can't have hot acts against hot acts every quarter. Like that just doesn't work. There's not everyone is over. I thought NXT did a good job in that Tegan Knox video. That was great. Like I was really invested in her story. I mean, I know her story already, but like it's been a while. I did see her on NXT UK, and that video was great. They showed her getting injured and the backstage footage of her crying and other wrestlers crying around her and. And they showed her working out and getting better and getting back in the ring and 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 uh, you know they they're really high on her and she, and she has a good charismatic presence that people you know want to want to root behind get behind and, mm-hmm. and so I thought that was really good um, but yeah I'm surprised that they tuned out during Pack and Page um, I really like that match I thought that match was the best match on the AEW show the best wrestling match I should say um, even though Adam Page got lost in the middle there for a few but it- so so how, how's this for interesting though and you know I, I'm, I keep talking about these numbers but i think the numbers tell some of the story it doesn't tell the full story but you know i, I mentioned that i was like try i, I was really interested in shana and, and candace but uh riho and uh and, and nyla rose they were pretty much flat for that for that quarter while shana and candace actually lost twenty thousand viewers so that's interesting because one match was pretty good. The other match wasn't that good, but they were both kind of telling the same story. And to the live crowd, the the um, you know, the underdog won in one of them, and in the other she lost. And you could tell which one was better reacted to by the crowd, right? It was you know Rio winning that match. The crowd was like going ridiculous for this match, and I'm watching it going like, why? What what am I missing? Because this is not very good. <laughs> the match was not good at all. Uh, actually, Shayna and Candice is really good, and I, you know me, I'm not the biggest Candice LeRae fan, but me that neither. Was the, that was the best match I've ever seen her in, versus a woman. You know, I've seen her, you know. 
hang with men and get, with who are good bases for her. But she actually looked really good in this match, and they had a good story. And Shayna is really good. I mean, she really knows who she is and what her character is, and what and she does what she does. That that reversal into the chokehold, giving Candice that spot. Yeah, holy shit, that was awesome. It was awesome. And then and we so- get Rio. Who, her offense looks like crap. Now that yep. Rose, actually, those both those girls shouldn't be on TV. They're just not ready for TV, but they have to because you know they have a you know a limited roster of women. Um, you know, Nyla's getting blown up at the end. Um, like I said, Rio's offense is just it's just so hard to believe. But so I, she was um, she was doing a submission uh, on Nyla Rose. I don't remember what the submission was. It was like a cross face or something. And she was trying to do a facial of like really like kind of struggling to keep this hold on. And she couldn't figure out what the facial was like. She changed it like three times. And I was cracking up because I'm like, yeah, she's trying to like she's probably a 100 things going into her head, which is what camera do I look at? And like, what you know, what what's the right facial for this? And, you know, is not when's Nyla going to power out of this thing? Because soon I got to be selling again. And I just felt like, man, like, you know, this these are the, the repetitions that that she's going to have to go through because I know they're I know they're high on her. And look, the crowd loved her to death. I don't think I, I know that 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 Big Dave thinks that the crowd loved the match. I think the crowd loved her mm-hmm. and it was sort of like she was like the 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 Daniel Bryan character of the night where the crowd just gets so behind someone because they want them to win so badly and Nyla could have got a ton of heat if she actually won the match but I, I, I also think that it worked for this show for Riho to win because that was a legitimate like feel-good moment for that crowd and I think some of the home audience too Though I did hear a lot of people say that that match was good, and I was like, okay, like I, I get being sucked into the match because that's cool, but that match was not good. No, no. And there's like moments where she's like bridging out of a pin, but then it's hard for her to lift, like lift her up. Like, okay, you bridge out of this pin, but you can't lift her up now, and it's just so so bad. It was whoever aged that match, they should fire that fucker. But it's probably Omega, so they can't fire him. Mm-hmm. Um. But like, okay, oh my god, we have to spend some time on this match, please, just because I have been <laughs> furious about this match for so long. What was up with the damn chairs? She, Nyla Rose is in control, Garrett. She's in control. She's a monster heel, and why in the hell does she need to get a chair to risk disqualification? Dumb. She's just a dumb heel, She's I a guess. Dumb. She's dumb. And then she gets more chairs. I'm gonna stack them up because I'm gonna do a big spot because I'm gonna do a flip and she's she's gonna move and that's gonna be the big moment where the the smaller baby face girl takes over. But you know what? They didn't need that spot. They couldn't because during the during the split screen, Nyla does her hang hanging knee drop off the top rope. Mm-hmm. Now that's a moment where Rio could just slip out of that. Nyla goes crashing into the ring, and then she takes over. Instead of doing the chairs, that made no sense. It was kind of funny because Ross is like calling him out on this. Like, it's Ross is, by the way, he's freaking. I love that guy. He is hilarious, but he's also he's actually a lot better this show too. Like with yep. everything. Um, I was just going nuts. Like, what is going on here? Like, this is ridiculous. And then the whole booking. Let's just talk about the booking. First of all, Nyla Rose should never been in this match. You should build her up. She should be on the way up, destroying girls, leading to that match with Rio. Because now it's like, holy shit, how is little Rio going to stop Nyla Rose? But, Garrett, we already saw 
Rio Pinder mm-hmm. a couple shows ago. Yep. So there's no drama. There's no mystery, right? They did a cool little thing where they teased the pin from that that match, which that, I thought that was cool, and that's a great near fall. But that was the best thing on the of the match. The rest of it was just ugh, and the people were going crazy. I think those guys in the audience were just into like this, you know, that's a Magna Girl fantasy or something like that. They like a little Rio or something. I don't know, but like, I just well, was not connecting with this thing. I um, you know, we're Monday morning quarterbacking here, but I think. When you ask both of these women to go 11 or 12 minutes or whatever they did, they they didn't have enough. So you have to do the Gaga stuff on the outside, even though it didn't make sense, because there wasn't enough that they could do in the ring to go that long. Well, and don't, so it, don't put them in that position. Oh, I, I completely agree. But I think that's the excuse, is that they needed – that, you know, they probably had – six and a half minutes of a match and they had to extend it out to 11 but there's ways to do without being stupid shit like you don't need to get chairs and that makes no sense and and, and let's go to the post match oh my god the post match <laughs> with, with kenny saving uh rio beyond before, oh and and her and her almost losing michael nakazawa <laughs> well before that like this okay you're you're crowning your first world champion women's world champion Worst sports presentation. Like, let the girl have her moment in her I- interview. Now, all of a sudden, we have to give Nyla's heat back. We have to have Nyla destroy little Rio and destroy Nakazawa nearly kill him. Like, why? Why all of a sudden you're into protecting or getting Nyla Rose's heat back when, first of all, you already killed it when she got pinned the first time by the 98-pound girl. You know what I mean? Like, she already she already lost her steam. Now you got to redo it again. It's just almost similar to what people claim about WWE about. It's like, oh, yeah, cut the legs off early. Now we got to build her back up. Yeah, she almost she was blown up. She almost lost Nakazawa. She did power, power him up, thank goodness. And also, what, let's talk about Britt Baker. Holy cow. Don't put she, her... Don't yeah, do she not. was not ready to do that. No, no. You talk about deer in the headlights. She had one good line, and I, it seemed like there was something that was worked out between Jim Ross and her. Maybe not, because Jim Ross likes to do everything off the cuff, but like when he talked about like how long it took you to get your... You know, become a dentist and she had eight years and she's like i hope it doesn't t-, you know to get eight years to get dds after my name and i hope it doesn't take eight years to get champion in front of it like i thought that was a cool line mm-hmm. i'm like cool and all of a sudden it's like where'd she go did she disappear did she come a mute like <laughs> she didn't say anything like it was like she didn't have a stare down at rio or something like she was out there to do nothing just to get her out like like we talked about earlier just trying to figure out ways to get people out yeah there, exactly right? i think that's what it was yeah. um but but I, yeah i agree with you it, they, there was a lot of things on that show that felt like tests mm-hmm. or experiments. And, uh, you know, I'm okay with that, but I, I, I'm also okay with people who were like, no, I, I wanted to watch a polished product. They should have gotten these kinks out already. They've done, you know, but they haven't done TV before like this. So I'm going to give them a couple of, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt for, you know, a, a good number of shows, maybe four or five shows before I expect some of these things to be ironed out. But at the same time, there was a charm to this show to not be as polished as an NXT show. Uh, I love Morrow, and I know people are like, oh, I wish he would dial down, <laughs> dial back down. But I'm like, look, this guy loves your product so much that he just, like, he's the biggest cheerleader, and he never misses a beat. Mm-mm. So if I got to deal with him yelling a little bit too much for stuff that's not super important, I'm going to be okay with it because... 
He is the single most professional announcer in wrestling today. That doesn't mean he's necessarily the best. You know, I'm sure people have their their thoughts about, you know, Kevin Kelly or, or something. But he is going to get everything over to the best of his ability. Mm-hmm. And he's going to tell the story. And he's going to be off the cuff. And he's going to have all of these pop culture references that I think most of that audience, because of how old that audience is, doesn't get. But... I get them, and so I kind of get a kick out of them, and so he he is kind of the 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 one. Now before I before I get to my next question, the just the last bit of this, which is the main event segment on AEW gained uh, seven almost seventy thousand viewers, and the private party I'm not private party the uh, Street Profits with Wale, which is actually pretty cool, um, and uh, and the Undisputed Era, they lost. Almost two hundred thousand viewers for that match. So definitely, the 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 viewing audiences saw the Jericho match, which was promoted forever, versus this tag team title match, which wasn't promoted outside of uh, a week ago, and no one knew that that was going to be the main event. They they definitely chose which match to watch. So that's that's a little bit of a of a story there for for NXT to sort of figure out w- what to do next time. I'm thinking that. The reason why so many tuned out is because I think they th- it's like the end of the show. It's the end of AEW. It's the main event. Like They're waiting for some big kind of surprise, right? They're yep. waiting for some big angle because they know AEW, ha- you know, it's their first show. They have to do something that's going to leave us wanting more. So I think a lot of people were just wanting to see that happen. It's the same reason why I watch AEW first. Like, you know, I know what NXT is going to bring. I know that I know they're like, they're like a polished product. They have great talent. I already know that because I've been watching it for a long time. I'm just curious, like everyone else, a lot of people in the first week, to see what will AEW bring to the table. What could they, you know, what what's and also what surprises? I want to see if they can pull out something that's going to shock but, the world. But I mean, but you had Jericho, you had Omega, and you had the Young Bucks, which are four of their six biggest stars. So they should have won that night, right? They should have won that segment with four of NXT's. I mean, I'm sorry, four of AEW's biggest stars going up against. You know, a, a tag title match which doesn't have their their top guys necessarily. So I I understand that uh, the overrun did didn't gain all of the fans back, but they gained two thirds of the fans that turned off. Mm-hmm. So they, they, so a lot of people did did get to see the the Chiampa thing at the end. Yeah. Um. Cool. All right. So uh, quickly because we've been talking about this for a while. <laughs> what did you think about the announcing? Uh, I think. Uh, Actually, I really liked, and people are going to get mad. I really like Shivani and Jim Ross together. I why, think why I, people get mad about that. I thought they were. It was. It was a nice. I, I enjoyed it myself. People. People don't like Jim Ross for whatever reason. Um, he, you know, he's sandbagging. Whatever. Whatever it is, he's not on top of his stuff. Like, I, I mean, he said things that I was like, okay, if he thought about that another second, he would say it differently. But. Um, I thought he was. I thought he was fine on this show. I thought he added to to the per, to the professionalism of this show. Shivani was pretty much perfect for his role. I thought like he's never been one to add insight to a situation. Right? He's just there to be a professional broadcaster and to help tell the story. He did kind of get a little crazy with MJF. I think he called him a prick or something. <laughs> and then that's when Jim Ross goes, "Oh, TV Tony," and. Uh, and you know they have that chemistry because you know they worked together before, uh, I, but I do think Excalibur needs to step his game up. He's getting trampled. Oh yeah, totally. big time. It, this this is the show where he was 
definitely definitely outshined by both professionals. Um, shoot. <laughs> Did you hear when Jim Ross snapped that Excalibur during the when it Rio's entrance? No, I didn't. I don't. I don't oh, remember it, man. It, like Rio's coming out, and then Ross is setting the table, like you know about the the size difference, right, between the yeah. two women. And he like basically says like you know she's ninety eight pounds. I'm gonna get heat. You know basically people are gonna jump in with that. But I'm just hey, it's just facts, folks. It's data, right? Which is mm-hmm. true. Like he's just saying the data. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then but then Excalibur's like, well, but you know Rio's has come to the odds before. He's like, he's like. I know it's got wrong. Explaining it, <laughs> like, like just, just you know, yeah, sit back, bro. Like I got this. I've been doing this a long time. You know, just relax. And then um, also, just you know, Ross just cracks me up because he just like will call out stuff, but like kind of like that monsoon thing with the mm-hmm. referees. But 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 monsoon would call it with the referees, but like when it wasn't warranted a lot of times. Like he just like killing the heat for the ref or adding yep. heat to the ref. Yeah. But like during the NJF match. And <laughs> You know, MJF rakes Cutler's eyes, and uh, that Mark referee, Brad Stinson, was like, he was like, didn't do anything. He didn't even like like check on Cutler. He's like, are you, or even acknowledge MJF rake the eyes? And Jim, and Jim Ross is like, are you gonna say anything to the guy? <laughs> Classic stuff, man. It was awesome. I love uh, Jr. And and so uh, on the flip side, again. Some people get turned off by Moro's dialing up to 11. I, I dig it. I, I get it. I understand it. But I think he's so good. Um, and obviously, uh, Nigel is great. He's Nigel's the best, uh, you know, color guy when it comes to explaining things out there. But Beth Phoenix is not good in that role at all. And I, I've, you know, I've wanted to give her an opportunity and a chance to, to be good at it. But when the person she doesn't want to win wins and she goes, oh, no, <laughs> it, it, it drives me up the wall. No, I agree. I mean, same thing with Beth, same thing with Renee Young on Raw. Like, it just, they just, it just don't work. It just, you know, but we, we say that about every three band booth, right? There's always that one person that just doesn't need to be there, you know. But unfortunately, three-man booths are going to be here, or three-person booths going to be here. So, yeah, I know. But thank goodness, though, like for Morrow and Nigel, right? I think they, they definitely make up for whatever, you know, lack of, you know, any s- substance that Beth gives. I thought she was a little better this show, but, like, yeah, for the most part, I mean, I just kind of tune her out. Same thing with the Rainier Young. I kind of tune her out as well. Okay, two more things, and then we'll move on. How, what did you think about the way that both companies used both their stars as well as these surprises? And and, and also, we'll, we'll, I'll break it down here uh, to, to tell you what I, I'm looking at. But uh, John Moxley comes out just in the one segment in him and Kenny brawl into the suites and he does the, the Death Rider through the glass and he maximizes the small amount of TV time that he has. Like he just, I mean, he just screams like crazy charisma and intensity and everything that um, he wasn't in WWE. So I thought so good for his small amount of TV. But on the flip side, I'm kind of tired of Kenny Omega putting everybody over. (laughs) Like I think he needs to be a little bit more special than he's being booked. Um, but 
sort of so so other guys you know cody what'd you think about how, how they use cody jericho jericho's you know he's the champ jack swagger as the uh as the um the surprise and then on the other show you had ciampa as a surprise you had finn balor as a surprise like what did you think about the way both shows kind of used these moments as well as their top guys to like kind of get these things over um, when it came to AEW, I thought Cody was used fine. I wasn't a big fan of the match, but you know they, you know he's a he's a fan. See him as a big star there, right? So I thought they they did well with him. Uh, Omega as well. I I honestly I, without when I saw the angle right in the middle of the match with Moxley, I thought this would be like the perfect moment to end the show, like mm-hmm. right where the DT boom goes crashing through, you know, and they would go off the air. Like what happens next week? But um swagger was you know i mean i'm a big swagger guy i I enjoy that guy i got to work with him and he's really cool dude so i'm happy for him and i hope AEW can actually get out of him what maybe wd never did and um i i hope he's motivated and gonna take it you know take this seriously he seemed like he had a great time out there i think it was i thought it was pretty cool um uh when it came to like like finn balor was a was a out of the blues you know surprise for me i didn't think i didn't see that one coming the only thing that i didn't like about the finn balor thing is we've seen him do that at nxt uk before mm, mm, yeah yeah i mean i just didn't expect i didn't expect it to happen i know i think this is what probably triple h was really talking about when he was alluding to that you know you might see certain people here and there and i just figured that was just a way to get 205 live onto you know nxt and the, they're going to have a 205 yeah, Live title match yeah. next week. Yeah, so I think you know this is a good way. And I think it's cool. I think it actually works out for Finn and WWE because you know he can help NXT size, some star power. But then when he goes to the main roster, he'll be freshening up too. So you know, there's a, there's a there's a good for both. And then Ciampa was a complete surprise, him coming back from his neck injury a lot sooner than people thought. So um, that, that, that one worries me a little bit, though. Yeah, yeah, I get that they're in a war, and it's I get not, that well, he's it, he's he's probably chomping at the bit to get back. Yeah, but is it is it just WWE? Is it just chomping on the? Yeah, I mean that I don't know that I don't. Yeah. But but there are two things that are both. I my my hope is is that he doesn't actually wrestle soon, and that they're building up to this match, which <laughs> could be two months or whatever, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he'll wrestle sooner or later. Um, when I don't know, maybe maybe a War Games might be his first one or something like that. I could see them, you know, definitely you know, being involved in that, or I don't know. Like, but yeah, I'm, I'm like you though. Please let's 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 not rush his return. I, I don't think he needs to wrestle. He can just cut promos and and interfere and just cause chaos to really disrupt undisputed era. Um, but uh, yeah, anything else? I'm trying to miss any other surprises. Um, this simple surprise, like uh, Damian Priest attacking on Pete Dunne, you know, just as good. That was good. That was just, good. Just a good, good, good little angle to um, build up a match, a program between those two, um, stuff like that. Yeah, so I thought both did well with their surprises, honestly. All right, so last thing that I wanted to ask you about, which is <clears throat> per what you enjoy on a wrestling show, a, which show do you think was better? And B, which show do you think is going? I mean, I mean, we, like we said, AEW has has won the ratings in week one. But which show do you believe will sort of be the one that consistently 
wins the week, or maybe maybe you think it trades back and forth, like you know, in the early days of the Monday Night War, like they often just traded back and forth uh, who won in the ratings. I think it might switch off a little bit there. I think AEW might have a little momentum right now, so I think they'll be fine for going forward. Um, I mean, I think for when it comes to this like wrestling quality, I think NXT definitely, you know, blew AEW out of the water when it came to you know wrestling quality for sure. Um, that <laughs> Riddle and uh, Cole alone, just <laughs> you know, I think they had the best match of. The, the whole you know whole night and you know you can find all AEW's matches on that night. And I don't think they could hold a candle to that match. That match is really good. And it was like it was like it was funny. I'm watching this match with Riddle and Cole. And I'm thinking like this is a match that people are like this is what AEW's gonna give us, right? These crazy you know match, all this action and it, like and like they're giving it to you like right now, right? Like NXT is, and I thought that was that was pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I I, pref- I thought the NXT was an overall better wrestling show. I think AEW was overall better when because it, it had that big show feel because of the crowd size, mm-hmm. like I said earlier. So there was good and good for both, and good. You know, I, I enjoyed both a lot, and I'm looking forward to what's going to happen. Keep going, because I'm 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 curious to see what adjustments AEW is going to make, especially on tighten up their stuff. And I'm curious to see how NXT is going to, you know, counter what they're going to do now. Are they going to, you know, I think they're going to kind of stay the path. And I think I worry about AEW's lack of main eventers. I mean, we know they have the Young Bucks. We know they have Cody and Omega and Jericho. Um, and But who else, really? I mean, Pac, I guess, is a, is going to be in a title sh- shot pretty soon page is there but you know he's also lost twice so so they kind of kind of kind of get him going up again ngf's a future star but like nxt has, has potential to pull a lot of people so they have you know so we'll, we'll see we'll see who um who in the long haul makes a difference you know so so i think um i think i preferred the aew show because it felt more important. Um, like you said, the NXT show was the better wrestling show. I guess the thing that that worries me a little bit about NXT is I can't tell who they consider the best guys. Like, of course, there's a, there's a title belt. So Adam Cole's got the title belt. Johnny Gargano's going to, you know, he's going to win most of his matches, if not all of his matches, they like Riddle, but in most, this is sort of the norm of WWE, which is everybody is good, though we're not going to push anybody to a a ridiculous degree because the brand is what's over and not the wrestlers themselves. And I think what I saw with AEW was a willingness to let the stars shine and be stars. And in WWE, everybody is sort of cut from the same cloth and they react the same way and they win the same way and they do interviews the same way, which is kind of the thing. And so I I think that was the, um, that was the difference that I actually liked on the AEW side. But again, if, if, if you're just there for the wrestling, the, the NXT show was better and will probably 
be the better show just about every week just because they have way more depth on that roster when it comes to wrestle. I mean, just look at the women's division. You mentioned Tegan Knox, who is barely coming back. If you put Tegan Knox on AEW, she's the best wrestler on that brand. So it's no, like no way. There's not with EO standing around in that locker. No, no, room. no. I'm saying if you put Tegan Knox on on AEW. Oh, oh, oh. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Oh, yeah. You take like she. She's like the the tenth. You know, the seventh best woman. In NXT, but you switch her over to AEW, and she's automatically the first, the best person. Yeah, there's like 12 women in NXT that are better than you know the AEW roster. But that, I mean, what they were gonna do, you know, they AEW NXT, you know, definitely early on signed a lot of those really good girls. But we'll see who they can build up. You know, I'm I'm excited. You know, I don't know all those girls. I've seen most of them, but uh, we'll see who can step up their game and evolve. And yeah, it's gonna be fun. To, it's gonna be fun to watch growth of both promotions. Okay, so the, we last week we talked about the week that was coming, which was uh, it's all it's all wrestling week. It's it's Raw with Hogan and Flair, um, and uh, you know the the season premiere, and they did you know two point five million uh, viewers. So good job for them. Um, and then Friday is SmackDown. So just to kind of give people what's going on here. We're not going to do the 93 raw review tonight because we're going to come back tomorrow night because we're going to talk about SmackDown. It's, it's going to be the, the biggest wrestling TV show of the year by far. Like as far as ratings are concerned, it is on big Fox. I heard Ronda Rousey was on, uh, was on the football game today. Um, so it's 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 big enough for us to decide to come back on a Friday and cover it. So that allows us to kind of split up some of this stuff. So we'll be back to talk about SmackDown. We'll be back to talk about 93 Raw. We'll talk a little bit about the UFC and, and some of the boxing stuff. So um, the question that I wanted to ask you was when it comes to, uh, you know, Wednesday was the big night, but... Did you still have an appetite for Monday, and will you still have an appetite for Friday? I'm looking forward to Friday. I did watch Monday. I thought Mon- I thought Monday was a fun show. Did you watch Monday? So I watched half of it, and I liked the half that I saw. Uh, I think the Hogan and Flair stuff was so wacky. <laughs> I just was cracking up. Um, but once, so, so the the goal for me was to watch half of it and then wake up Tuesday morning sort of as I was getting ready for work and watch the rest of it. Mm-hmm. But because I have Hulu Live, uh, they don't allow me to fast forward uh, the the commercials. So I had to sit through the commercials. And by the time it was like, I got to watch like uh, the OC and, you know, <laughs> this tag team match. And then it goes to commercial. And then I got to wait three minutes for it to come back. I was like, nope, not doing it. I thought about watching the um, the shortened version of it, and that may be what I do in the future for Raw. But I know they cut out like a, a handful of segments, so mm. I'm not sure if that's if I if the uh, completist in me will will be okay with that. Um, so that so I, I watched half of it, and I thought it was good. But but I you know I read up a, a lot of what was going on, and it's <laughs> you know it sounded like. Uh, the only the only thing when I was reading the the read the write ups, I was the only thing I could think of was. How do Rusev and uh, and Lana not like just say no? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it felt like a very like Paul really had all his fingertips on every segment. 
this time around like so it, if it was it was fun and it was i i wasn't really tired when i watched it usually i get pretty tired but i was actually into it so um i might, I might pick it up next monday actually no i'm probably watching iron game <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be at the Niner game, so I'll uh, yeah. I'll miss it. But yeah, you know, I may try to start watching the uh, the ninety minute version, mm-hmm. which you know, from what I understand, is the better version, anyways, because it cuts out a lot of the stuff that people don't like on the show. But again, you know, I'm sort of a completist, and it's like all or nothing, and and I may have a hard time with that. I did try to, so I watched uh, half of NXT. Um, this morning before work, and I was like, ah, oh, you know, if I'm at work, I'll just kind of put it on the background when I'm working, just so I can listen to it, even if I can't really see it. And it cut to, instead of showing me the DVR version that I was watching with the commercials, it cut to a one-hour version on Hulu. And um, what I noticed is, is they they uh, missed the Pete Dunn match. Hmm. So that was the match that they skipped out on when 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 putting that together. I was like, ah, I don't know if I can watch. Like, I'll I'll just be you know wondering about the stuff that I missed more so than being okay with with watching a shortened version of it. But um, so yeah, so so SmackDown is on Friday, so tomorrow, uh, and and we'll come back tomorrow and talk about it. But The Rock is back. He's going to be on the show. Austin is going to be on the show. Sounds like Hogan and Flair will be on the show. And they're bringing back a lot of people. Kurt Angle, you know, the norm that that they bring out. I guess the question is, if you are putting together all of these segments where you have to celebrate the, uh, the old stars in order to help put over the new stars, like how do you use Rock and Austin in, in in a show which is going to be uh, headlined by Goldberg and Kofi because if I'm watching Goldberg I'm sorry <laughs> Brock Lesnar and Kofi um, if I'm watching this show and I see Rock I might just be like that's what I was here for and it's time to turn off the TV well that's when you like I said like last week I think this is where you use something to you know help a guy out like maybe you use him Rock to lead into a segment like I said, Reigns and Daniel Bryan versus Rowan and Harper, you know, something like that. Same thing, but I, don't, but I also don't think you do that with every star or from the past that you're going to bring in. Like, you know, you can't do it every, but you have to pick and choose who. Maybe just do it once. Honestly, I think you should only do it once. And who's the guy to do it with? It's The Rock. I know he's probably overshadowed a lot of things, but um, I think he's smart enough to know this is the wrestling business and when it's time to get certain people over and, and I think, you know, and the only one he's going to do it for will be Roman Reigns. So if you, would you save, so, so would you put Brock and Kofi on and have them finish a segment, the, the 945 segment and then save rock for last so that you can maximize the eyeballs until the end. I would open with Brock and Kofi in a total destruction mode like they did with Raw. You know, that's what I would do. And then, and then, yeah, Rock in the middle. And then, because you had that crazy ladder match to end it, right? So mm-hmm. that's what, I mean, that's what I would do. You have the stunt show to end it, and you have Rock in the middle, and then just open it up with Brock winning the championship. You just know that that rating is going to peak with Rock and that it's going to just keep going down and down and down and down and down. 
Yeah, but if you're not going to, I mean, if he's just out there to say, hey, SmackDown, yay, you know what I mean? Like, unless you have a big plan for him, it has some kind of angle. And I hope Ronda shows up. That would be cool to see Ronda show up, maybe mm-hmm. tease something for WrestleMania next year. Um, she might be involved or make an appearance during that uh, Four Horsemen Explode match. The Rock and, Rock and Ronda versus Kenny Omega and Riho. No. <laughs> um, okay, so... Uh, so, did you see what Randy Orton tweeted out today? No. What is what, what? I like Randy Orton. What do you say? He basically called out Rock and said, "We need to have a match to see who's the best third generation wrestler." Ooh. At WrestleMania, and I immediately said, "If they had a match, I'm in completely." But I don't, I don't know if that would be the thing that that brings Rock back. Yeah. It must be a reason why he did that tease, or he's just having fun, or something. Yeah, he, I mean, he. I assume that he just has sort of carte blanche about what he can do versus other wrestlers who seem to have tweets created for them, and then they they uh, they get posted. Um, okay, so I think I think we're going to cut it off here because we are coming back tomorrow night. But uh, we, I mean, we're going to have a ton of stuff to talk about tomorrow night too. But um, I guess the one other thing that we can actually actually get uh, so that we don't have to talk about it tomorrow which is um, Robert Whitaker and Israel Adesanya for the UFC show this weekend. The only thing that we generally talk about when it comes to UFC is your interest or our interest in the upcoming pay-per-view. Um, they, are, they have to sell the show to a pay-per-view audience, and the main event, Robert Whitaker and Israel Adesanya, on a card a, a pay-per-view card with not a whole lot else on it holly Holm pulled out of the show because she's hurt mm. um but uh but yeah so i mean it's really really solid main event like i love robert whitaker but when it comes to how interested you are in this show if you were a pay-per-view buyer one through ten how are you feeling like a four yeah, I think I think that's right. And the other thing is, is the show that we all want to see is next month in Madison Square Garden. And so this is sort of a lame duck, even though it will be a really cool spectacle with where it'll be uh, in, a, in a big stadium in Australia. So that will be really cool for Robert Whitaker and for Tuvasi and those folks. But still, when you're selling it to a U.S. pay-per-view audience, I think this is probably going to be doing one of the lowest buy rates of the year. Yeah, it's gonna be. I mean, it's a really good main event, though. A really good hardcore fight, though. That's the thing. I think it appeals to the hardcore. So I, I think it's gonna do. I'm gonna say like two hundred thousand buys or something like that. You know, I don't know. I just. I mean, I would watch it if I had free time to go watch it, but I just, I definitely not this weekend. You know, I'm mm-hmm. gonna have to watch Hell in a Cell probably very late at night. <laughs> it's, my wife's, it's my wife's birthday, so yeah, I'm not gonna be watching that. I mean, and talk talk about a show that doesn't really have any buzz at all but that show even though the fiend is 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 no, over I'm, I'm actually into it My, but they got they got three matches <laughs> i'm into those three matches i'm well i'm mostly into the fiend and and uh and rollins for sure yeah i want to I'm, I'm sure a lot of that show will be built coming off of friday but it was definitely the fourth it's definitely the fourth most important show this week because they had all those three tvs yeah, oh for sure. I mean, for sure that's it's it's their least priority this week, but um I'm I'm interested to see how they're going to 
get out of that match with Fiend and Rollins. They just go with Fiend winning the championship. They seem really high on him. He's in the opening of that little, you know, history video that they do opening each show now. You know, there's, mm-hmm. there's the Fiend on there now. So, um, I, I, what do you if, do? You put the belt on him. I think you kind of have to, right? I think so too. Yeah. So, um, like I said, the TV has been the last few weeks. I've been watching the TV. It has been really entertaining. And so I'm I'm looking forward to the show. A little hotter than than usual. All right. So we will be back tomorrow evening to talk about SmackDown. Uh, to give our review of uh, of our 1993 Raw episode, and then we'll also talk a little bit of boxing because I I went to see Spence versus Porter in a theater with our good buddy Danny Acosta. And uh, and then yeah, and then we'll talk about uh, you know probably whatever leads into into hell in a cell. Um, so that's it from here. So I want to say thanks to Paul for uh, jumping on in the first segment here, and for John, I am Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out.